Welcome to the Black Psychologist Podcast, where we have conversations and give insight into human behavior and promote mental health wellness. I'm Dr. Kyle Osborne, and with my co-host, Dr. Jason Coleman, who will discuss health topics, everyday life issues, and try to give you a better understanding of yourself, other people, and the world around you. So just sit back, relax, and hopefully you'll leave with some information that'll have you living your best healthy life. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. And welcome back to the Black Psychologist Podcast, episode 26. We are back from some well-deserved and needed time off after the holiday. We are doing good. We are looking good, and uh, we're here to pod. So I am here, one half of your humble and gracious host, uh, your clinician here for your listening pleasures, Dr. Kyle Osborne. I am him, and he is me. And... I'm never here by myself. This guy that I'm with, he's a real go-getter. Let me tell y'all, man. Like, listen, he sells ice in the winter. He sells fire in hell. He's a hustler, baby. He can sell water to a well. Dr. Jason Coleman, how are oh, you, man. brother? I'm good. I'm good. How you feeling, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. We back, you know, took a couple weeks off, man. We needed some R&R for the holiday. How are you feeling, man? I'm good, man. I feel rested. You know, definitely needed that break, that good time off, you know, um, you know, ready, ready to get back at it. But, you know, definitely still appreciative to everybody that's been supporting and, you know, ready to get back at it, bro. What Absolutely. about you? Yeah, man. Same here. You know, took some some time off, had the holiday. So a couple long weekends in there. Self-care, you know, that's something that we talk about a lot is um, not only do we promote it to our listeners and to our clients and our patients, but we have to practice it ourselves, you know, because if we're not in good health, in good form, then the people that we're responsible for won't be in a good position either. So um, so it was good, man. It was chilling. You know, definitely um, enjoyed it. We need more three day weekends. So um you know, we need to incorporate. I don't know who I need to write to or, or whatever, but we need more three day holidays and oh, short yeah. week, you know, and um, shout out. Also want to acknowledge that it is September, which is uh, National Suicide Prevention Month. So we want to make sure that we advocate and we acknowledge and we observe that because suicide is something that's very, very important, not just in our field, but just overall. We know there are a lot of people that are affected by suicide every single day, whether it's a family member or it's a friend with somebody they know or they've read about. So it's something that we're continuing to you know, advocate and, um, and observe. And um, if anyone does need help, if anyone's out there struggling you know, there are many places to reach out for. If you don't feel comfortable reaching out to a family member, there are hotlines, there are therapists, there are all these other different resources. So, um, you know, you're not alone in the struggle. Uh, don't feel embarrassed. We know there's a lot of stigma that's attached to it. So that's something that uh, we want to continue to just promote, um, especially not just this month, but every month, but more importantly, you're um, because we're observing it this month. So, um you know, we're going to continue to do that throughout the month. And also, you know, we appreciate the feedback. You know, again, we're on episode 26, so we wouldn't be able to be here if it wasn't for your support, where you guys giving us feedback and watching the videos and listening on all the streaming platforms. So, again, thank you. Continue to like, share, subscribe. Any questions or statements or anything you have for us, uh, the Black Psychologist Podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. Let us know. Uh, we love interacting with you guys. So, um, anything else before we could jump into it, Jay? 
I mean, not really. You, you said it best. Just um, in terms of, uh, you know, this this month, in terms of the awareness, I mean, of course, we just want to encourage anybody if they're struggling with anything um, to just reach out, you know, to somebody um, for that support. You know, part of the reason why we do this is to kind of try to reduce the stigma around certain things, um, as well as to kind of just educate people and um, talk about um, events that are in the news. So if anybody is, you know, of course, experiencing any, you know, stress that's overwhelming, you know, before you harm yourself, you know, definitely reach out to somebody for support. And that's, you know, that's it. Leave it Absolutely. So like I said, we were off for a couple of weeks. Um, and so we got to catch up to some things because some things um, went through and we got to address them before, before we move forward. So another year, another social media challenge. And for those that don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about, the one and only milk crate challenge. All right. So this kind of took off as, you know, um, late August, early September and throughout. And we saw uh, a lot of interesting videos with some really uh, interesting turnouts. So for those that aren't familiar with the milk crate challenge, it's a viral social media uh, dare that involves individuals trying to climb up a stack of milk crates that are stacked in like a, a pyramid. And, um, yeah, you've been a lot of people that have been trying this and not so great results. And we see some some really um, disastrous wipeouts to say it nicely. Uh, <laughs> people have, you know, have, uh, have you know, have uh, broken bones, ribs, um, head injuries, all the whole nine. Um, so, you know, something uh, I don't know if you've gotten this, Jay, but of course, when a lot of things like this take place, like, you know, in the world. Uh, or things happen like on social media, you know, because of, of our position, we get tend to ask like, hey, Kyle, Jay, like, why does this happen? Right. Why do people do these things? Right. And so it was only right that we put it out there. Right. We give our explanation of what goes into people who uh, perform this stunt. So. So, Jay, what's what's your take on, on the milk crate challenge? Why are so many people or why were so many people attempting this challenge and experiencing these results that uh, we received so much of? Well, I mean, listen, first of all, it's not new, right? Um, first of, first and foremost, you know, even before the internet, people were doing things for attention, right? Mm-hmm. Um, of course, not to insult anybody's abilities, but we've all seen like shows like America's Got Talent, all of these things, right? Which, which right, whether you take the talent away or not, it's all about bringing people's eyes to you know, something that they haven't seen before, something that's either slightly risky, dangerous, or whatever you want to call it, right? So right. Um, with the internet, of course, it's all about going viral now, um, that type of attention, validation in the sense of, I'm not saying, you know, all these people have low self-esteem, I'm not necessarily saying that, but that fame that goes along with that, whether that is being Instagram famous or whatever it is, right? Um, so, you know, you have that. And I think that's the allure right now. You know what I mean? Um, Besides the fact that, I mean, just genuinely, like, it's funny, you know, um, so it may kind of bring people together in that sense, like, you know, something to do with your family, you know, as long as, you know, you're not, you're relatively safe. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not really new, right? If we think about it, because a couple of years ago, people were doing like the ice bucket challenge and, you know, um, the cinnamon challenge and all of that. Um, So, it's not really that new, you know. Um, I'll tell you one thing though. I did see like a couple of white wipeouts. Um, the kid, the singer, um, I think he's from 
I don't know if he's from Canada or whatever, the uh, uh, Osiris or okay, yeah, yeah, Osiris. yeah, yeah. He wiped out bad, yeah, um, I do, yeah, Blue it was vicious. Blueface did it. He 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 finished though. I think Blueface finished it. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, who knows if the crates were stuck together though? Who knows? I don't know. It looked a little. It did look a little fishy, but I'm I'm gonna. You know what I'm saying? Try. But listen, he got he got some athletic ability. I I'm not because I seen him put it on that boy in the ring. So I'm not I'm not gonna say he don't have athletic ability. Right. And then and most impressive overall, I I seen a sister do it in. It would have to be at least two inch heels, my brother. I think she went. I think she was a Howard student. Right, so she was a high school so Shout out to to y'all, man. Right, and I know that was real. So you know what I mean because I don't see some women, you know, in the winter, run, uh, you know what I mean, trying to, you know, whatever, get into a function, a restaurant, whatever, yeah. walking across crates in in New York City or or Hoboken, wherever, with hills. So I know that's real. You know what I mean when the sister did it, but for real, you know what I mean. Like it's. You know, people do it for all those reasons. But if we're being honest, like, you know, sometimes it can actually translate into things that are really positive, like especially if you get like celebrities that end up raising money and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, it's, it's not always bad. You know, <laughs> you guys, yeah. I got a little bit of a cough, but uh, it's not always bad. You know, yeah, I, I don't when people have asked me, I mean, the main thing that I come up with or that I, I use to explain is that is that wanting to feel connected. Right. And popular, like you, you kind of alluded to that a little bit. Um, you know, social media challenges give people the ability to feel like they're a part of something that's like bigger than themselves, right? Right. So, and it's like it, it promotes that 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 sense of being connected, that sense of being part of a community. Um, and you know, like I like you said, this isn't the first challenge. Like they had the like you said the cinnamon challenge. They had the you know the ice bucket challenge. I think there was the Benadryl challenge a year or two ago, yeah. and um, and it's like these things gain momentum like quickly, like they take off. Like as soon as you see one video, then then another video gets posted, and what happens is that um, like the feeling gets is intense of any of these individuals doing it. Right. So like you said, it's a dare of who can make it up these steps or who can make it up these crates and make it down. And like that somehow outweighs the feeling or it trumps over the, um, the possibility of getting hurt. Cause like you said, we've seen some d- disastrous falls. Right. Like we've seen people like getting falling on their shoulders, busting their ribs open, like, and that will outweigh like the risk. Right. right. Even though you've seen people take like these major nasty spills, people will say, you know what? I want to feel a part of this. You know, I want to be connected to this. And it's like when you gain that popularity, whether you make it over or not. Right. Because it looks like the nastier to fall, the more likes and laughs and emojis you're going to get. Right. So when you start feeling that, that on that, that popularity online, like that boosts your ego, right? That makes you feel like even more value. Like you mentioned, like you said, you don't necessarily have to have the low self-esteem, but like, if you're getting those likes, you're getting that reaction, then that's hard to turn away from. Right. Right. That's really difficult for someone to be like, you know what? Let me not try this challenge. You know, let me, let me get my shine too. You know, despite whether it's going to send me to the ER or not, like, you know, let me go get it, get it done too. And that that's a powerful, powerful thing. Like anytime you're, you know, there's an audience that's going to be able to give like that immediate reaction and that immediate feedback. Like we're talking as soon as you post that video, you're automatically getting those likes. 
right? You're automatically getting the lives. So like you, you almost you're like propelled into some form of stardom. And right? what do we what do we know, right, about a behavior that's that's followed by a reward, right? It's more likely to repeat to to be repeated, right? So. Absolutely, especially if it's like by your friends, right? So as you see your friend do it, and you saw like his IG start to blow up, you see his TikTok start to blow up. It's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do it too because it's somebody in your peer group, whether you may know them or not. But if it's somebody like in your peer group or age group, then it's automatically deemed as acceptable, right? Because you're right. getting the laughs, you're getting all those other different things. So yeah, like that step that reinforces that behavior of like, ah, you know what? It doesn't matter whether it's dangerous or not. Like, nah, this, this is, this status, this matters to me. I'm gonna go out and do it. Yeah. You know? I mean, honestly, and that's, that's kind of really the only way, the only place I draw the line is if it's like, if it's going to put you in physical danger, put somebody else in physical danger, then I mean, chill, you got to find something, another outlet, you know? Um, But if not, you know, then I think, and I, and I think that was the case with the cinnamon. I, I don't even remember, but I think I vaguely remember people going to the hospital. Of, yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah they, they were. Yeah. yeah, it was choking even, all kinds of things. Uh, right. Wow. I don't even know why. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what was it behind it, but I know that was kind of getting dangerous, right? Um, so that would be the only time I would be like, all right, you got to draw the line. But otherwise, I think, you know, in terms of just you know, drawing, bringing people together in terms of something they could do, something that's slightly challenging, whatever. As long as it's not dangerous, man, I, you know, I don't, I don't see why it's a bad thing. You know, I think you mentioned, you said something really important, right? Where you just mentioned like the challenging aspect of it, because sometimes it's the nature of the challenge that also draws people in. So you had people like, if you're able to do this, right, it gets you like, you get like a certain status or badge of honor, right? Just like how we gave props, we acknowledged just to the young lady who did it in heels. Yeah. It's like, yeah, if you pull this off, like, oh, listen, yo, yo, this this person yeah. is the thoroughest of thoroughest. Like, listen, like, yo, they, yo, their athleticism slaps. Like, seriously, but that's that's <laughs> why I say because to me, it's it's like it's it's like analogous to like um the TikTok dances, like where you got families doing them. Yeah, yeah, and then you you. That's why I said in terms of the challenge, like it, it could really be a positive thing, depending on what, what's being done. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, that's kind of like something that you could spend your whole Friday with your family. That's family time, communication, yeah. you know, all all of these things, you know, that that we try to teach families in terms of like, you know what I mean? Social, emotional learning activities, all these all of these things. Right. This is what we're asking people to do. Right. Is to communicate, connect and all of those and all of those things. Learning to dance together, you know, writing something, creating something together that as a family or whatever. That's that that those are all of those skills. So it can be, you know, spun in a positive way and done in a positive way if as long as it's not any like safety for you know issues. Yeah, I've seen it take a life of its own because like you said, it, it's turned into a family or it's turned into friend, like a whole group thing. Like I saw one video where it was a um they did a gender reveal, right? Where the okay. person ran up the or tried to get up the, the crates and like I guess when he fell, that's when it it, it came out like blue. Oh wow! Yeah, and I, I figured there are more simpler ways to do a gender reveal, but whatever. I mean, yeah, hey, yeah. I mean, he seemed like he was okay when he got up, yeah. but like you said, it starts to take on like a life of its own because people start to get creative with it, and it's just like, all right, then it kind of comes acceptable. Like, all right, you embarrass yourself on social media. My my only again like reservation is like the people that are getting seriously hurt. 
because like some folks are really they're getting sent to like the ER. Like even the ER visits have have increased because of this. And, you know, that's where it's just like, you know, really have to be careful. But it's like you said, it's taken on a life of its own. And uh, I got a question for you because it's also taking on conspiracy theories, right? Because sure. I've heard things where people are like, oh, well, the CIA is, you know, they're, they're putting the crates in the hood. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, it's hilarious. Yeah. Like, the, the story, know, some man. of these things are coming up from, like, it, it's just so funny how it goes in so many different directions of, like, all these different theories that just don't make any sense. And, um, you know, but well, would you do the challenge, though? That's what I have to ask you. It depends on what surface, you know. I it just because the fall is all that. I don't mind doing it, but like, on what surface am I gonna do it on? Like, if I if I was on like, I would do it if I was on some like like a uh, like a playground type of surface. Like, oh, you want like the soft mat type of you want? Yeah, that. the soft mat, or you know how sometimes they have on those kids like jungle gyms that little like uh, it's like the the bark kind of stuff yeah, on the yeah. ground. Uh, I would do it on that, but I'm not doing it. What'd you say? You want like the bark and the wood chips. You want that. But I'm not doing it on like in like a parking lot. What about grass? What about grass? Because you're putting safety precautions into it. I'm I'm keeping it real. You're going to do it on grass? Forget about that. No, forget about it. What about you? Absolutely not. Right. (laughs) Bro, listen, man. I want you to listen. We already know that you're not willing to risk that. You you wouldn't even go on a dating app. So we know you're not willing to risk that. Listen. You know, and I know as we we've uh, increased in age, we don't we don't bounce back. Now, if I was 23, 24. Yeah, I, I would take that grass fall. I would take it and get back up like, all right, cool. No, you know what happens? Like you want to talk about taking time off for like vacation these past couple of weeks. I do that challenge and I fall. Yeah, we're out for a month. Right. Right. Like that's that. I'm not re- recovering from that. Yeah, that's what it is. Right. Yeah, so nah, I, I that's this is awareness on my part. That's that's not gonna happen. No, you're right. I I am past the stage where I like purposely injure myself on purpose. Yeah. Like, nah, put myself nah. in those situations. Nah. nah, nah, not not gonna do that. Yeah. So um, so yeah, so that's that's you know the milk crate challenge. It's always you know it's funny, kind of thinking about it like what's gonna be next year's challenge, right? Because something's gonna come up, right? Like we had the milk crate challenge. They had the cinnamon thing. The, the, I think the younger kids were doing um, the, the, the detergent, the tide, the the, uh, the tide or the. Oh, my God. Yeah. The pot challenge that that was that was extremely like just out, off left field. Like, so it, it's it's really interesting to think about what's going to be the next challenge for like next year. What, what's going to blow up? So I don't know, whatever it is, I hope it's, you know, people are safe doing it again. I know these challenges get more and more extreme. So again, like you said, it's just the safety uh, aspect of it. But um, I don't know, Jay. I think you could do it, bro. I think you could. Uh, you can make it across, man. I mean, nah. I'll root for you. I, I, I would bet on you. Don't worry about it. I got you. Don't bet, don't bet on me, brother. <laughs> All right. So actually, so now moving on to actual athletic events and athleticism. Um, Sloane Stevens, who was the 2017 U.S. Open champion, uh, recently said that. She received more than 2,000 messages of um, of sexist, racist, and abuse and anger and frustrated, hateful comments um, 
by people that were upset by her loss earlier in the week at the U.S. Open. And so what she decided to do was share some of these messages that she received. So I'm going to read a couple of the messages. Um, One of the messages said, I promise to find you and destroy your legs so hard that you can't walk anymore. Another message said, fixer and corruption like you must be banned forever in jail. I hope you enjoyed your last moments on court today. And then she got another, um, she shared another message that had um, posted repeated clown and monkey emojis. Um, So she said that this is, this is among 2000 messages that she got just after the loss. So, um, you know, she shared that she's been able, you know, she's been doing her best to focus on the positive and with her, you know, uh, rely on her social support, but um, just, you know, getting and receiving this information, you know, Jay, what, what do you, what's your take out of, you know, an athlete um, receiving something like this after a loss of a sporting event? Um, well, listen, it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's almost kind of like, you know, like related to what we was just talking about in terms of like, this is one of the, the downfalls of technology, right? Unfortunately, is that it gives everybody like, front row seat and like up close access if you allow it to you right meaning like they can people can post at you you know dm you you know say horrible things to you um and that would be i'm not saying that would be okay but it would even be different because i think it would be a a a lesser segment of the of the population that would do it if there was accountability attached to it Mm -hmm. right but the fact that you can do it behind a computer behind your phone it provides you with a certain amount of like anonymity where it's like you know people just feel emboldened to say things that they wouldn't normally say right um so instead of saying that some you know i mean i don't know how people express express their disgust appropriately you know what i mean but you know something that you would say at a one or three becomes a six or a seven because nobody's looking you know what i mean it's kind of like you it's kind of like how people behave in crowds but now they can do that from their home you know because you're behind your computer so i don't want to say it's to be expected because you want to like have more confidence in people's like i guess um integrity like like moral uh capacity (laughs) some type of decency right right um so (laughs) i don't want to say it's it's expected but in terms of just you know, with the amount of people that are on social media and all of these things, you know, if anybody who's in the in the public eye to a certain degree, you got to expect some of it. But, you know, I mean, obviously, it's, it's shameful when you send in somebody like when you have to take it to the point where you're not really talking about what they were doing on the court anymore. And you're sending them monkey emojis and stuff. Then obviously we cross the line. So, you know, it's, um, you know. Social media has been great for a, a lot of different athletes, right? It's allowed them to connect. It's allowed them to flourish in the sense of, you know, marketing their brand, marketing themselves, you know, becoming more intimate with their fans. And then, of course, you know, there's the dark side of it, right? We all know that they're right. negative of social media. And, even, you know, the athletes, I'm sure, are aware that, you know, when you do open like a Twitter a Twitter account or IG or whatever, you know, social media platform that, you know, 
that, yeah, you're entering a public domain that is going to put you in a position of scrutiny, right? I'm sure they understand that that's going to be par for the course. However, this is an extreme, right? Sure. When you've gotten to a point where now, like you said, you're, you're, you're sending death threats when you're doing, you know, hate, racism, you know, sexist, all these other different types of abuses. Like this is a totally different extreme, right? We all have the right to be upset, to be disappointed about a loss, right? We get invested, right? That's something that we 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 uh, we learn in like what social psych, right? Where it's basking in reflected glory. So we understand that you view things differently when the person that you're you have investment in or the team you have investment in is winning. It's right. a we thing, right? It's we, we, oh, we're doing great. We're going to the championship. And now when they lose, it's, oh, well, they are. You separate yourself. Right. However, it's a different situation now where you're, like you said, you've crossed the line. When you're now, you're, you've taken a step forward. And now you're sending all types of death threats. You're sending, talking about inflicting harm on individuals and things. And, you know, this is what can negatively impact, you know, someone's career and their, psycho- you know, and their psychological well-being. Like we've talked about earlier a couple months ago that, you know, what Naomi Osaka is going through. Like she talked about her mental health in general. However, I imagine this is also a part of it, not just dealing with the media, but now you're dealing with people, like you said, that are able to throw shots from the shadows. Right. And this is something you have to deal with. And so I just, you know, I can't imagine just how disheartening and how exhausting this is for you to go through this. Like you said, you know, because this has become commonplace. Even Sloan has said this and other tennis stars have mentioned that this has become commonplace. And to me, like, that's a problem. Like when then the point where you're just like, you know what, I've lost. So I already know there's going to be like three, four thousand messages telling me X, Y and Z and talk about harm and things. Well, see, this is the thing. Even if there was a whole if, if there was three thousand, ten thousand messages just saying like, yo, you stink, you should quit, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's horrible. Right. But we could say that kind of comes along with the territory, right? People to have an opinion, whether it's harsh or not, on what you're doing on the court, right? Problem I have is with the race, the, the stuff with the racial undertones, and then especially with the threatening of physical violence, right? Mm-hmm. Only because people are different. So it could be three of us that are doing the same thing. We all get the same three threats over the phone, right? On the text. I might hang up the phone and be like, yeah, whatever. You're not, you're not coming over here and doing anything to me. Hang up the phone and, and go to dinner and laugh at them, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody else may feel a little threatened, call security downstairs, call a security guard, you know, and then that makes them feel a little safe, you know, call somebody to come live, uh, sit with them and then they can go about their day. Somebody else may not practice anymore, right. not leave the house, right? Have nightmares, right? That's where it's, it's really not okay, right? So when you start doing that, um, you don't know, because again, people are going to have different levels of vulnerability, uh, you know, to things like that based off their own history and experiences, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where it's more concerning to me, like the personal attacks in terms of the racist stuff and then the threats of the physical violence because of the implications it could have. Um you know, and then just in general, like, you know, in terms of the Internet, man, it's just there's a lot of people that I think there's a opportunity for them to kind of like, you know, miss it. There's a lot of like misdirected anger and, you know, maladaptive 
expression <laughs> of aggression on the internet, you know? Um, and again, it all comes back to people being able to kind of hide, you know? Um, for lack of a better term, we would call a lot of these people just cowards in real life because they wouldn't say a lot of these things, you know, um, to people because, you know, they wouldn't want to hold that responsibility, right? Um, right. Of the person's reaction. Um, but, but again, this is the bad side, but we always also got to talk about the other side, right? Because she did also talk about the support that she got. Um, and who knows if that contributed to kind of the confidence that she's displaying, right? Mm-hmm. Saying, because she kind of seemed like it, it, not saying it didn't bother her, but she wasn't going to let it stop her. Right. Um, so maybe that had something to do with it too. Now I'm happy that she, um, was in a position and she felt comfortable enough. And I feel like this is also a form of strength on her part that she shared these messages, right? Because you have to be at a certain point of being comfortable with yourself. And then as she's showcasing, okay, this is what I'm experiencing. I think that's something that, um, people take for granted in tennis because a lot of times, you know, okay. Like you may have team sports where the team is getting, you know, a, a part of the blame, you know, certain position players are getting, assuming a lot of the responsibility and getting a lot of the blame, but tennis is solely on this particular person. So not yeah. only, you know, is the individual, especially, you know, you're losing, right. You have the loss itself on a major event, right. That's being broadcasted nationwide. And then when you have, you know, these insults, this, this, um, this abuse that's being directed or hurled towards you, that's compounded on top of things. So I'm happy that she felt comfortable and say, you know what, this is happening. You know, other people may talk about it here and there. And they, you know, of course, mental health has definitely been in the spotlight on this sport, but no, like I'm happy that she was able to showcase and say, no, this is what's happening. This is what's getting directed at me. So one, it becomes more aware Two, I'm hoping, I'm not sure, you know, how likely this will happen, but some of these different tennis federations try to start to step in. Because you know, and I know, not only is it people that are that wouldn't say these same things, and it's you know the cowards and all these other different, but there's also a lot of these sound like bookies, right? A lot of these sound like people that were betting on the sport, or you're betting on these individuals, and now you're talking about, well, I'm gonna break your legs and the, the, the fixer and corruption. Like, no, like you're frustrated because I didn't do as well as you wanted me to do, <laughs> because now you're not gonna get any money, or now you owe money, so. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's call it for what it is, right? You said so, the bookies. I wasn't yeah, ready for that. Listen, the people that are, you know what I mean, that are out here betting, now you're not covering all these different things. This is where a, lot, a portion of the frustration comes from because now you're you're frustrated because you're in the hole or now you're in the setback. Right. So, you know, it's something that I'm happy that she was able to showcase because, you know, being vague always doesn't get the necessary reaction or attention from either whether it be the, the tennis federation or it be from some of these social media sites that are saying that, oh, yeah, well, we're, you know, keeping an eye out for abusive messages. And obviously you're not if these are able to get through. Right. You can't control people that are sending the messages. But as far as being able to filter some of these things, I feel like when you start to say, hey, this is what's coming through, then that awareness and hopefully can kind of spark some more different types of measures that can be put in place. But, you know, um, I'm happy that she has that support. And like you mentioned, hopefully this also brings about some change and more awareness to the other players that can kind of start to build up. Right. Cause this is also what goes into your mental health toolbox of having that social support, right. Putting all these measures in, if you're going to be in a spotlight and you're going to be in a sport 
where this has unfortunately become commonplace, now we have to start putting in some measures where we are able to protect ourselves so it doesn't, you know, impact us to the extent where, you know, um, it impacts your career or you just health-wise. So we'll see, man. I mean, that's kind of where I would focus the resources and the effort is on the individuals, right, that are being impacted and what are things they could do from their phones, right, or Mm -hmm. internally to deal with those issues, right, because trying to stop the messages from getting through is, like, you know, impossible, like, you know what I mean? Um, It's just, you know, it's it's just an impossible feat from from where I'm sitting, so, you know, good, good story, though. Yeah. Um, so keeping it in the sports world, um, the unit, uh, at the university, the Texans chapter, um, NAACP and students from the university of Texas recently filed for federal civil rights complaint over the university, Texas eyes of Texas song, right? So for people that aren't aware of the eyes of Texas song, this is a song that if you ever watch any university of Texas, uh, Longhorns football team. You ever see them during the school? They're the ones when they're holding this up and they're singing. That's the the school song, Alma Mata, and they're singing in, they're swaying back and forth, and so on and so forth. So the reason why this uh, federal civil rights complaint was filed was because apparently the song, the Eyes of the Texas song, premiered at a minstrel show in the early 1900s, where students wore blackface. So um, after filing this complaint. Despite its racially offensive and um, context and meaning, school officials stated that they're going to keep the song and as their alma mater, citing that the song has no racist intent. So they're going to go continue to move forward. The uh, NAACP and the students that were anonymous um, in filing the complaint are going to continue to, um, you know, escalate the matter. Uh, however, Jay, when you, when this came across your desk, what were your thoughts about it? All right. I mean, I, I know how I feel about it, but I, but I also like I'm reading the article, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the school is like comfortable in a gray area. You understand what I'm saying? It's not great to me, You but for lack of a better term, it's like they're comfortable trying to sit in a loophole and, and they're not. And they're comfortable with who they offend sitting sitting there, right? Mm-hmm. And I say that because obviously you read the article, so you know they 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 went and did the investigation, and they couldn't definitively tie it to Robert E. Lee, right? Right. But what we know is that you know we know the song is like in terms of the melody of the song, it comes after like I've been working on the railroad, you know, and and it, people who know the history who don't should go and do they they do a history lesson, do a do deep dive, but those type of songs, zippity doo dah, zippity a, all of this, all of these songs were written in an attempt to sanitize the old antebellum South. Right. So we know that. Right. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we know that and some of the, and the people that go to went to go to the school know that, you know, it's clear. And, and we look at the origins of the song, like you said, it's clearly offensive. Right. But, you have that and then you have the power structure right so it's similar to the same fight people had over uh confederate flags right over monuments of robert e lee it's the reason why you have the football coach standing up saying even with all of these things i just told you right 
and he's the coach, so he so he's known these things for years. We'll sing it proudly, right? Because at the end of the day, even if his best players are black players, he doesn't care if he pisses them off because the donors is what's more important, right? Mm-hmm. And he is a member of the group that has privilege. So in his mind, he probably feels like his black players, which bring probably bring all the money to the program in the first place, you know, um, they should they are lucky to be there. You understand? But this this is what goes on. So we can have all of these factors in play. And then we have the, the, the coach who might be the most powerful Caucasian white voice on the campus saying we're proud, right, to sing it. And then you have black football players, black students and the NAACP saying, again, our voices aren't being heard. So how many times we've heard this over and over again. So here we go. Right. And that's why I said they're willing to sit in a gray area, because if you were to ask them why they're going to stick with the song, they're going to say, well, we did an investigation and we didn't definitively tie it back to who. Right. So that's why I said they're comfortable sitting in the gray area and they don't care who they piss off because in their mind, the black people that they're pissing off don't have any power and the students are going to keep coming to play for them. That's right there the key point the students are going to continue to play for them and i'm not putting this onus on the players however oh, it's, no, a it's, sense not, of, it's not the players yeah but no it's it's not affecting like you said that structure right it's not affecting the bottom line as far as financially and right. it's not affecting the football structure because like you said if the coach were to see that you know what I'm going out here on these recruiting events and I'm noticing some of these top tier players that happen to be African-Americans are like, no, I don't want to play for you because X, Y, and the reason. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Hey, I don't want to come play for you because of that eyes of Texas song, because I find that offensive. I'm going to go to this other school. Then this is what prompts reaction, right? This is what prompts, you know, that domino effect of him then saying, Hey, you know what? This isn't this is bad for business, not because it's morally wrong, because we already know that, but it's because it's affecting the structure. And it's only the only students that seem to be affected by it. And again, I don't know this for a number, because I think there were some some athletes, some student athletes that were they had an issue with it. But, you know, there's more strength in numbers. Um, It's been a situation where they've made these minor adjustments for like the band or they've made all these different adjustments for people that aren't comfortable with the song to say, well, Hey, here's another song we're offering you, or you can, you know, play this particular school song. That's different, but it's not affecting, like you mentioned the structure, right. And the players are going to continue to come to the school. And if that were to start to affect like the recruiting aspect of it, because again, that's what's generating the majority of the money for the school. You don't get star players or you don't get good recruitments because of this reason, then no change is going to come. Because right. you know and I know, unfortunately, until stories like this gain traction or if sponsors start to pull out and say, hey, well, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do that because I don't you know, I don't know the alumni or, or the or the donors, but I don't think, again, that they have any issues with it. But if sponsors start to pull out and then you have some of the players that they're trying to, you know, recruit and they're like, no, I don't want anything to do with the school because of this, then that's why it stays the same. And but see, we've seen it already, right? And and the proof, I'm not trying to be funny, but you see where the proof is because you just follow the money. Right. Right. And I and I'm just be very honest, it doesn't matter who's insulted because it's the truth. The problem is you have people that are clinging on to meaningless traditions, hollow and meaningless traditions, right? In NASCAR, 
in these country clubs, Augusta, all of them, right? Meaningless traditions that were built on racism and essentially to, to keep us out, right? And when people challenge them because they're offended, right? They're going to cling on to, 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 to the tradition and say, it's what we've always done, right? right. And, and this is the cycle that we're in, right? And luckily, the younger people, they have had the courage to say, we don't care, right? And we're going to go after your contracts, right? And that's that's the problem. And then you start seeing changes in NASCAR. Oh, nobody's going to come. Nobody left. You know what I mean? They, so you st that's how you know the traditions are meaningless. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Because the people are still there, right? And and so we're going to see this over and over again. We're going to have people clinging to meaningless traditions. And then when you ask them why, they're going to, all they're going to be able to do is point to the past and say, it's not that we were racist. It's just what we've always done, it's right? What we've always done. And somehow all of the institutions at the root of it, there's always separation, racism, and ultimately keeping somebody else out, right? Um, so, you know, we got to call it what it is. So I'm not going to, listen, whether they can exactly prove it or not, listen, we know, you know, that the roots of it are shameful, right? So would they, would they, would they defend that? No. So they're not going to defend the shameful roots of it, but what they're going to do is try to lean on, but it's what we've always done, right? A meaningless tradition. So, I'm, you know, something for us to continue to monitor um, as a story. I'm hoping that it continues to gain momentum and gain attention um, with the NAACP and the students that are on campus, because um, my heart goes out to the students that are on campus, the, the student, you know, the African-American students, because it's become a pretty hostile environment. They mentioned it in the article that sure. even students that, you know, didn't have anything to do with, you know, the complaint are getting treated harshly, right? Or it's become a really hostile environment for them. And um, I'm hoping that this, this continues to gain more attention and more awareness. So other people throughout the country, students, because they do have the power, like little do they know because they're bringing in the revenue, like these student athletes are coming in, they're the ones who have more control, right? Because if they're not coming, then guess what? Then it becomes a quote unquote issue. So I hope that they continue to remain steadfast with this, um, with this complaint, and that it continues to, you know, gain some more steam. So we'll we'll see, you know. Yeah, I mean, and hopefully they do, man. Because see, the thing about technology, again, we talk about positives and negatives, right? Is that the eyes of the world could be on this, you know, in an instant. You know, mm -hmm. all you need is one student with a phone and a thousand followers, and it's on. You know, sure. so everybody has to be careful. Um, so it, it can work out good for you and bad for you, but, you know, you just got to, you know, make sure like certain things, especially when you're dismissing people outright. Right. Um, and we're talking about things like a hostile learning environment. Yeah. You know, um, think about all think about all of these issues. And, and the reason why I'm kind of kind of looking at it like that is because I'm thinking about all of these all of the times we've been through it, like in different settings when the internet wasn't so popular, right? Issues that, you know, we had like in high school or different, where you wanted to change different things, you know, um, but technology has just made all, everything change. It has just made everything different, right? In terms of students and the power that they have. Mm -hmm. So it's just amazing, man. It's just, it's a, it's a good thing, you know? Absolutely.
All right, so staying with the school aspect. So new laws in Illinois, Oregon, Utah, Arizona, Colorado, and Connecticut and Maine will allow students to take days off to deal and tend to their mental health. So this law will allow for five excused absences from school without the need for, uh, for a doctor's note beginning in January of next year. All right. So this law applies to all public schools and students ages six to 17. Okay. What are your thoughts about this? Um, I, I, my thoughts are probably different than what you would probably think, you know, okay, give it to me. Um, Listen, we it was a short article, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say I know everything about the policy, but I, I think it could have some benefits and I do potentially have some concerns, right? Um, so I guess let's start why it's beneficial. Obviously, it's beneficial because there's a lot of kids that are under, you know, a lot of reasonable distress, you know, have real mental health disorders that have been diagnosed. They're going to therapy, they're in treatment, you know. Um, and they could benefit from mental health days, right? Um, because they they could probably they they are they do experience rough days. I'm talking children that have yeah actual yeah. diagnoses, right? Um, and I think this will reduce the stigma in terms of allowing them either with a note from their therapist or let letting their parent kind of make the call in terms of how the, the child is doing to to stay home from school that day for a mental health day. Right mm-hmm. now, other than that, if we're not talking about children that have diagnosed mental health disorders, I have some reservations because I don't think you should call it a mental health day. I think you should call it a personal day. Same way we have personal days off from work. Right. You want to give every kid five personal days, give them five personal days. But parents can't make the call and be like, my kid is depressed today on Monday. It's just it's just not appropriate. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so we're throwing. Listen, and I may I'm being that guy when I say this, but we're throwing mental health around now the same way we throw stress and, de- and depression around and all these other words. Mental health isn't I'm sad. It's the, I, I, you understand, because mental health could also be, you know what I mean? My kid didn't do his homework. You know what I mean? Mom, let me stay home and use one of the mental health days. Like, let's be honest. You understand what I'm saying? That's good, yeah. Um, so I think it could have benefits for children that have true mental health disorders, but children, children, but we'll know those kids most likely from their IEPs and from different things. But if you're just going to tell me you're going to give every parent five extra days, you know, to have their kid not come to school, you're just creating more problems for the teachers. If we're being honest, you know, because people are going to be extending their vacations with those days. I mean, Maybe I'm all right. Now, now you tell me. You the you the you the parent. So you give me a you give me your explanation. Um. So absolutely. So I, it's good for individuals that already have the diagnosis, right? Because I I feel like overall, this enables students to kind of get the care that they need. Whether it's a situation where it's like, hey, maybe I need to see my therapist or I need to see my clinician, like in an emergency type of situation, or I need like a next day appointment. So it allows them for individuals that are already possibly in treatment to get that right. Allows them that day to do that. At the same time, I feel like it can also benefit people that don't have it, that don't have that diagnosis because you know, and I know sometimes these kids don't know what they're dealing with, right? They don't know maybe that, you know, 
I've been feeling sad for a few days. I don't know what this is. I believe some of the the um the precautions or some of the uh things that they put in 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 um in motion is that after the second um after the second mental health day, then they get referred. Yeah, they get referred. So yeah, now is that gonna be foolproof for a hundred percent? No, right? But I do like the sense that okay, if if Johnny has you know, this is they're using their second mental health day. Um, okay, now the, the school is kind of stepping in and saying, All right, we're gonna contact the family. So maybe it's not just Johnny doing the mental health day, right? So they do make that call out to maybe mom or dad or whoever the 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 um the caretaker is and say, right. Hey, this is the second one that was used within a month, right? We want to know what's going on. One, did you okay this? Do you know that Johnny's taking his second mental health day? Right? Because you know, and I know kids listen, like you know, they they stay home from school and tell the school, like, oh, I'm taking the mental health day. Like See, we know some people are gonna take advantage of it, right? That's so just the way it works. So that's why <laughs> like that's we, why we I do said what I said. That's why yeah, I said what like, I said. They're gonna people are gonna take advantage of it, just like the same way how oh, adults take advantage of sick days or personal days, right? They may call out sick and it's just like, yo, I, I got I got something else to do. That's right. to their discretion. It's a situation I do like at least if the school is putting a measure say, hey, we're going to contact the family because the second one has been done or has been utilized. Let's see what's going on so we can offer some services. So one, everybody can be on the same page and maybe it can be a situation where they can allow this person to get resources, right? So it's to say, hey, you use your second mental health day, what's been going on? And maybe this is providing the opportunity for the kid because, you know, the, unfortunately, like we talked about in the beginning of the pod, suicide rates are are up, man. Suicide rates are up 24% for kids for that are like ages 5 to 11. It's up 31% from kids that are 12 to 17. This COVID situation has impacted them. And you know, and I know that, um, as kids are going back to school, like there's a lot of anxiety, right? There's a lot of distress. There's a lot of uncertainty. So I feel like, okay, giving them, you know, this, an opportunity where you are giving them some, some days to get that. Um, I think it's, it's a good idea. Are some people going to take advantage of it? Oh yeah. Most, most definitely. I mean, especially the teenagers, you know, not to kind of like throw shade at them, but yeah, like if you give them an opportunity to take some extra days off, yeah, they're going to do it, right? And they're going to try to manipulate it and, you know, all types of things. They're gonna, But if it's helping out, out of 10 kids, right, and you get maybe three that are actually going to use those mental health days to either get support or to reach out or what have you, then I think it's a win, right? Because when you're dealing with kids, <laughs> your kid, kids yeah. are going to take advantage of it, man. But Listen, you know, like that's just what they're going to do. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. They're all going to take their mental health day at the same time. They will. Yeah. You know, they're, going listen, to, they're, going, they're going to get group group therapy. That's what they're only, The only thing I'm saying is this, right? I think it's a good idea, right? I just think it's a bad idea potentially as a like a blanket solution. Right. right? Again, I'm not saying I got I'm 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 right because you pointed out some things I wasn't even thinking about, right? But I just I, I just feel like I don't know if the best way to start is to start with everybody, you know what I mean? And then, and then sort everything out later. Right. Because I think you can end up, you can find yourself in a situation where a lot of people are, are, are using it for the wrong, for the wrong thing. And, and, and the statistics will tell you that the percentage of kids that are in that school system with a diagnosable mental health disorder 
may not warrant everybody getting five days for mental health. That's why I said at, at, at its core, even if it's necessary, I just think it's a mislabeling of what it is at its core. Call it personal days, right? Call it um, brain break days. You can call it whatever you want, but when we call it, we wouldn't call it medical health days. Why? Because we know that would be what? Completely wrong, right? So to call it mental health days, then comes into question, it's not unfair for us to question, well, what what meets the barrier of a mental health day? Right. right? I think they had to call it a mental health day because you know, and I know that thing wasn't going to, a bill like that's not going to get passed. It's called it a personal day for kids. Right? I, so I, yeah. So you I know, and I know they have to put it in. I agree. Like mental health, like you said, if you just have a kid who maybe is overwhelmed, like you said, has a lot of. I don't want to say stress, but maybe it's just school related, right? They got a lot of assignments. They didn't get any sleep. And it's like, hey, you know, because that happens, right? As a parent, my daughter had, you know, went to a magnet school here in Philly. So like the 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 workload and, and the that she received was sometimes overwhelming. There was a couple of days where she was like, Dad, like, look, um, listen, I got I got my stuff done, but I'm drained. Like I didn't go to sleep until like three, four o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, like, can can I go into school late or can I not do this? Or can I, you know, I didn't get any sleep. Like, can I take a mental health day or such and such? And that was like, to your discretion, like as a parent, like I had to make it say, you know what, is she going to be good going into school if she's falling asleep or anything, or is it cool for me to let her go in late? And I know that, you know what I mean? Cause I know what's been going on kind of in the context. So I feel like mental health, I think they're just kind of using it as an umbrella of like, okay, Take giving a person, like you said, a sick day, a personal day, a stress day for them to right. kind of recover from whatever's going on. But I think they're calling it they had to label it or at least give it the title of a mental health day because a bill like that's not going to get passed if you're just going to call it a, a personal day. Right. Because, you know, of all the information, of all the research that goes into getting a bill passed, you have empirical data. Right. You have all this research. It says, hey students are suffering from x y and z so they would benefit from having a day off and then they can utilize it to do such and such so like they're not gonna get no personal day not no kid you know i you ain't gotta convince me about all the flowery language and all yeah. that they put on the stand and all of the people that filled out self-reports and checked that they've been stressed while in school yeah i get it bro i you know what i'm saying but i'm just talking about at the end of the day, we know, like, we got to be careful. Like, language is very powerful, dog. And, and I'm just being, I'm being that guy, but I'm just saying it's, it can be a slippery slope because to, to one person, my mental health is I got a tummy ache and another person is depressive symptoms. You know what I'm saying? So all I'm saying is as, 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 as for me, it, 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 it's fine. I'm not, it's fine, but I'm just saying it could be a slippery slope. You know what I'm saying? Because, listen, man, we'll see. You know what it is? No, they're going to have to really be diligent as far as the schools that are enforcing this, right? Because, um, because how do you, you handle this during final exams? That's what I'm saying. I don't study for my final exams. That's what I'm saying. Like, no, 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 really, no, 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 no. Because, that's so how study for final exams mental health day, right? And then yeah. see the parents aren't gonna have a problem until it seeks into their house and, and they come up to they to they to their kids' room and be like, I need to talk to you about your behavior. And they're like, Dad, 
I need a mental health day from you. That that's what I'm saying. It's you see be, what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying, man. Look, look, I hear you. Like the kids are nah, going to hear me. No, I hear you because they're going to utilize it in any form or fashion that they yeah, can. Yeah, man. Like the majority of them, I don't want to say the majority, but a good portion of them are right. They are. So this is why it's going to really fall heavy on, like you said, a lot of things sound great in theory, right? right? Because they have good intentions, right? The idea and the theory is beneficial. Yeah. However, you're going to have some people that are going to use it for whatever type of, you know, benefit they can use it for that has nothing to do with mental health. <laughs> so this is where it's going to be difficult. And this is what they don't talk about, or they don't, they're not taking this in consideration of the people who are going to have to enforce it, right. right? Talking about the school, talking about the parents, right? So it's just like, oh, you're just going to give them five mental health days. And then, like you said, there's no criteria, <laughs> right? So that, yeah, it's going to be tough. But this is why I said it's going to be really, it's going to be the diligence is going to fall on the school and on the parents because how do you maintain to like after you do the first one, how diligent are you going to be on saying, hey, this kid took a second day? Like, do they need to be evaluated or what right. happens or do they lose the next two or three days because they, they you know, so like it always sounds great. Like you said, in theory, when you're doing the bill and you get it passed, but they're not thinking about the people that actually have to enforce this, right? You're not thinking about the yeah. teachers, the parents and kids is crafty, man. Like, yo, they, they're definitely. It's, it's <laughs> funny because you're the example you came up with is like, it's like the perfect example. And I'm not, and I don't mean like, cause it's true. I know it's true. You know right. what I'm saying? But when you said it again, like that kind of brought me back towards the to, towards you know the middle because i'm like okay what you're saying makes perfect sense right because there's a lot of there's a lot of parents i'm sure that on a sunday night or maybe on a monday night they like they seen their kid up all weekend or whatever a lot going on you know and they're like all right well you know he could use a break or she could use a break you know um and i get that you know what i'm saying um so that's one thing we got to consider too but i'm just looking at the other side in terms of like you know, when we when we start calling everything mental health, you know, like certain stress isn't necessarily a mental health disorder. You know, uh, it's, you it's, yeah, it's a part you know of it. Yeah, so it's, it's, like, it's a part of it. It's a part of being so, a student anyway. Right. So it's like at some point the extremes to this. So we can't teach our kids also that I got a presentation tomorrow, mental health day. You understand? Right. Or that's what, so that's you, what I'm saying. Like, because like you brought up a really good example of finals, right? Like as a school, do you put things in order or in place to be like oh yeah by the way no mental health days during finals like right. that's what i'm saying so they can pass the law but it's like what about the intangibles right how do you put these little things in place to make sure kids i mean kids because kids are gonna definitely try to manipulate it but like right. all right what corresponds to this and also even as a parent like you got to know your kid like now you got to be even more aware of like yo is this kid just trying to get over like was he up upstairs like is he just trying to like stay home the next day because right. he was doing it like it's tough like it's really it's a good bill and i think it's like a good the intentions are well and it could definitely work for those few people that are already diagnosed that need that appointment for some people that like you know what they need a day to get evaluated to get those services but you're not it doesn't take in consideration the folks that are going to be like, yo, listen, hey. I'm about to use this. So it's it's tough because I feel bad for the teachers. I feel bad for the school of how they're going to enforce it. And well, listen, it's going to be dope. It's going to be tough, man. Don't feel bad for the teachers just yet because they don't opened up Pandora's box. 
So don't you don't think you think the students are gonna get five days, and you think that teachers union isn't gonna be gonna for exactly. five, five mental health days for the teachers? Listen, teachers gonna need their days too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this this um, is this is what happens when bills like this get passed. Like they're right. good intentions, but now the domino effect, right? How do you enforce okay. it? And now other teachers and other different things. Yeah, you're right. Not to say that teachers don't deserve mental health days because they have stress and they they they're dealing with they have diagnoses. They're people too. But again, yeah. it's how do you enforce it? I know. Good we'll luck. See. You know, but yeah, I mean, it's good. I'm, I'm happy that states are starting to consider and, and, you know, because this does, this is one of the important steps in challenging the way society approaches mental health issues. So, but, you know, it's great across the board. I hope states, more states do this, but I feel like there's definitely need to be more conversation about how are we going to go about enforcing this so it doesn't, you're absolutely right. You know, <laughs> and at the end of the day, like you and everybody else listening should disagree part of my opinion cuz I'm No, just, no, it's real no, because I know how I would have been at a hey, give me 5 mental health days when I was in high school. And that's my whole point. <laughs> part of me my, part of me brother is hating because I'll never get a mental health day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, you know what I would you know what I could have done with 5 mental health days. <laughs> We would have all been like, listen, we're going to, we're going down to the shore. We're going listen. to all take a mental health day Thursday and Friday. We're hitting South Street up on this mental health day, guys. We need this. Yeah. We did. Yeah, <laughs> so, man. Um, so yeah, so it'll be uh, interesting to you know continue to watch how the how the um how this spreads across the U.S. and um, but it's good. Anything you know pro mental health is good. You know that that we're for. Uh, Jay, before we get anything, before we get out of here, anything else? Uh, not really, man. Of course, we just want to thank everybody who, you know, took time to listen, especially to the end um, and comment, like the videos. Um, we appreciate you um, and we're going to keep the content coming. So thank you. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it more or better myself. You know, all the, um, the streaming pl- platforms are on the, you know, uh, we're on YouTube, of course. So continue to subscribe, guys. Continue to listen, like Jay said, and give us that feedback. And um, we will see you again next time. Again, episode 26, guys, the Black Psychologist Podcast. Appreciate everybody listening. Jay, talk to you soon, my friend. All right, bro. Later. All right.